people are really more receptive to to God and, and his work in their lives than we want to give credit for. And it's not really about us anyway. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Organic Outreach International podcast for practitioners. I'm Walt Bennett, the president of Organic Outreach International, and I'm happy to welcome today uh, to our conversation, Dan Unfried. She's an author and speaker, uh, has a passion to encourage people to stay grounded and keep connected to God and each other. Uh, she's retired from education, but that didn't stop Jan from seeking new God purposes in her own life. She writes, mentors, uh, new teachers, travels, serves in her local church, plays with her eight grandkids. And as I understand, as often as possible, Jan, you enjoy Jesus, people, and coffee. Um, you love to see how those three work together. So in, in that pursuit of those three, uh, the way we wound up connecting was uh, uh, the second of two books that you had written called Common Ground. The first one was Common Ground Coffee Shop Chronicles and then Solid Ground Coffee Shop Chronicles 2019, uh, both of which are available on Amazon. Uh, and you can uh, find a, a link on organicoutreach.org uh, under resources. Uh, so Jan, just tell me a little bit about your personal path of ministry. What drew you into this calling uh, coming out of an education career? Um, and, and just give me a highlight reel up to this point. Very, okay, I will. So um, I think I've probably always loved writing and have had it in the back of my brain, you know, that someday I'll write a book, but I didn't really have a focus for a book. Mm -hmm. um, busy with teaching and family and all of those things. Um, so, but I would every once in a while write something and I would put it in a file on my computer and it would just be labeled Jan's book. <laughs> You know, whether I got to that ever or not, it was just there. Uh, so we, we retired in 2017. And in January of 2018, our pastor, as he always did, led our congregation through a 21 days of prayer and fasting and, you know, just really focusing on what God had for us for the year and um, as a church body and as individuals. And I, my husband and I were going to fast sweets and, I was all prepared to do that. And on the first morning of the, the fast, I had my cup of coffee and my Bible with me and I started my devotions and I sensed that God was asking me to fast coffee. So hmm. I didn't really think that could be a voice from him. <laughs> no, this, this can't be right. Um, I, I have Java with Jesus every morning, you know, so it's part of the, it's part of the routine. And I actually kind of ignored that voice. Not kind of, I did. I ignored that that voice, um, the first day, the second morning, same scenario. And I, it, that same, um, you know, spirit of Christ speaking through me and in me said, you need to fast coffee. And I again, kind of was making all the excuses. And I heard this still small voice say, you know, do you love coffee more than me? And of course that was, you know, the, that was the final final thing that I needed to hear. And of course not, you know, Lord, I, I, I will give up my coffee for 21 days. And I have to tell you, it was really hard. Uh, <laughs> got a little ha headache that first week, you know, but be beyond that, there's just such a um, social connection with coffee and, you know, it's kind of comforting and, you know, it really kind of changed my lifestyle for a while. Yeah. During that time, he, um, the Lord planted in my heart the idea to write a book about stories of people who meet over coffee, go to a coffee shop on a regular basis, have Bible studies in the coffee shop. Um, it just kind of grew and ideas came to me and people came to me. 
And um, over the course of that, the year 2019, I had 30 stories to um, to write and publish. And that's, you know, that's kind of how it started. While we were in the middle of writing that book, we were traveling, um, doing a just United States tour in our mm-hmm. army. Road trip. I, road trip, yeah. And uh, I had been reading in my devotions, seemed like almost every day, something about God as being our solid rock, our foundation, our cornerstone. And so the idea began to um, you know, just kind of percolate for that second book to be solid ground. And that's kind of how that happened. So the second book, they're still coffee shop chronicles. I call them that because even though they're not, you know, about people over coffee, I was told most of those stories were told to me and over a cup of coffee and a, and a, you know, a meal or a pastry. So they're still coffee shop chronicles. They're still stories of God's goodness in people's lives and how he has been their anchor and their rock. That's great. And and I, I love, as I said in the introduction, just the connection with organic outreach, because as you read through those stories, um, it, there's such a wide variety of them to begin with. Uh, but in every one, it, they just unfold organically. It, it's you know, they're not stories of somebody beating somebody over the head with the gospel or anything else. It's just revealing God's work through our natural day-to-day lives. Um, which are just give just a tremendous amount of ideas to us personally how we can maybe engage better in that. Uh, so, have, have you always been able to fer- share your own faith naturally, or, or is there a tipping point or an aha moment that, that brought you to a greater awareness for the need for you personally to engage in conversations of faith? I grew up in a pastor's home um, as a PK, and so I've always had you know, a strong faith, not that that necessarily is the reason why, but, you know, I, I, I came to faith early and I stuck with the Lord and I have always known that it's important to share your faith, but I'm a little bit of an introvert when it comes to, to that kind of thing. And I was never comfortable. I think I've been through several evangel, you know, evangelism type classes and it always felt unnatural, inorganic. Um, Yeah. I, I know the material that I learned was good because it gave me, you know, a way to share the gospel, but, you, you know, go cold calls or going door to door, those kinds of things just didn't feel not comfortable. Yeah. Um, and so I probably developed a, my own little style of evangelism through, through my life, but I don't think it was as focused as it needed to be. So when I, when our church adopted, um, and that may not be the right term, but when we started, um, using organic outreach as, as kind of a um, underlying system for all of our programs and things that we're doing. I was reading the books and it just made so much sense um, to, to just be able to talk to people and tell my story or ask them if they need prayer or, you know, why, why did I feel like it wasn't before? I don't know, you know, but it just, it, it kind of gave me permission maybe to, to just be myself and um, that my heart for people has grown exponentially. Not that I didn't love people before, but it, I just, I just look at it through a different lens now, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. A lot of it was, was reading, reading the books, the organic outreach for ordinary people and then the one for, for churches. 
Yeah, I, I love the way that you you, you phrased that because it, it really perfectly captures what our intent here is, at Organic Outreach International is, is that people adopt this as, as a new culture, as a new kind of part of their DNA where it just becomes something they naturally move into, um, not, not a rehearsed uh, tract that you need to uh, get out at all cost. Um, so that's, yeah, it's amazing to see how naturally you've incorporated all of that into your, into your own life. So in the April, 2020 issue of our organic outreach international newsletter, which will be coming out in, in just a, a couple of weeks, um, and probably a, a week or two before this actually airs, uh, the, we actually feature an excerpt from your, your latest book, Solid Ground Coffee Shop Chronicles. It's a, a story. It's a perfect example of natural encounters that occur in everyday life. Um, can you give us other examples? Is there one of the stories that stands out to you or just a couple stories that you could share with us here on the air uh, to give people a flavor for the types of things they'll find in your book? Well, the one I share in the newsletter is, is an airplane story. And I laugh because I, you know, I always had heard pastors or, you know, speakers talk about their airplane stories and meeting someone and, you know, just having a real God moment. So, you know, that one obviously is one that the the listeners can read um, at a later time, but I would say another, it seems like when I'm on trips, things happen. So another one that um, really stands out to me was we were babysitting our grandson while our daughter-in-law was at a math conference in Baltimore. And there were some issues, you know, that happened and that we didn't get our room serviced and we really needed clean linens. And so we had called down several times to the, the, um, the lobby and, you know, for whatever reason they skipped us. So about five o'clock we called again and we said, you know, we really need to have this bed changed. And so he sent somebody up and the um, lady that was working that shift, she was ready to go home. I mean, she was like packing up her bag. So as she, as she came up the stairs or the, the elevator, she was not happy. And she was kind of making that clear as <laughs> she kind of <laughs> and puffed around and was getting everything done. And so we just used it as an opportunity, you know, to, to just share with her and thank her for coming up. And we were so sorry that, you know, we don't know what happened and um, began to share probably because we were holding our little grandbaby, you know, that softened her a little bit. She was a, a grandma of, um, of several. And eventually the story came out about her son having been um, actually shot and killed on the streets of Baltimore too much um, maybe a year before that. And so we began to just talk and I, I just poured, you know, my grace and mercy of the Lord <laughs> into her life as, as best I knew how. And before she left um, our room, we stood at the, the door of that hotel room and we, we bowed our heads and prayed. And it was just this um, amazing moment, you know, to see the transformation in her demeanor like this horrible thing she just wanted to be home it was the end of her work day right. it was being sent up to these complaining people you know I don't know what she thought but <laughs> we really did try um but it was it was one of those god-ordained moments that um you know I just felt like god really really worked in that um I I don't know you know I've another story there's so many good ones I I tell people when they ask me what's your favorite you know, it's kind of like asking what which kid is your favorite kid. Right. I, 
you know, <laughs> they all have special meaning. Um, you know, I'll, I'll just tell you this one because it's the one that came to my head right now. Um, so there's a story about a lady named Joyce and she um, had carried around a lot of unforgiveness in her life. And so she just tells about how God gave her this, um, this pathway of just thinking about the person that she really needed to forgive. And then God actually gave her the opportunity um, in a hospital room to, to see this person. And they were able to, you know, she said, the way she says it is that God's love just poured in and through her. And she really had had some issues with this person up to this point. And so that was just a really, um, and I, I thought of Joyce because we're right in the middle of the, um, the COVID-19 right now. And right. She, yesterday was, was on her way to the hospital. She's contracted the coronavirus. Um, and so, you know, we can all be in prayer for, for she and her husband, but um, Joyce just has this openness to, to God and, you know, is willing to admit. <laughs> and I think it's good for us to know that we're not alone when we are harboring unforgiveness towards someone, but God wants to do that work in us so that then he can help us to work in and through the, the other people. And the, the gal that she had forgiven um, was actually kind of afraid when she saw that this was who was in the hospital room as she entered in as one of the, um, the workers. And, you know, it was just amazing how that again turned course of what was happening in that room, God was able to, to meet them and work through that. Yeah, that's a wonderful, wonderful story. So personally, do you have any suggestions for our listeners when, when they find themselves, they are in an unexpected moment and, and it dawns on them that this is potentially or probably a divine appointment? There, there's something I'm supposed to do in here. Is there, is there any suggestion you can give for listeners on how to approach those moments when they're, you know, they haven't had time to think about it in advance. They just find themselves there. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, yes, I, I know that we do just find ourselves there sometimes, but I really, um, I find that I get sort of lackadaisical for a better term when I don't start my day really asking God to show me the needs. And I, I love there's something in organic outreach that talks about like the 30 second um, prayer right before you go into a grocery store, right before you enter your next transition in your work day. Um, I think that that helps to bring that awareness, but when mm -hmm. situations arise and you are in that, that position and you are beginning to sense the Holy spirit, just, just be open to his leading. Um, again, you know, Perfect love casts out fear. So you know, I've heard um, Kevin even say, you know, I've asked people, probably hundreds or thousands of people, if I can pray with them and only, a, you know, small right. hands have said no. And so just getting beyond that point and um, knowing that people are really more receptive to to God and, and his work in their lives than we want to give credit for. And it's not really about us anyway. So. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And, and in my experience as well, you know, if there's reluctance in the equation, it tends to be on the part of the Christians. You know, reluctant 
pray with somebody else. It's not reluctance on the part of others to be prayed for uh, or to be prayed with. So um, this all leads perfectly into uh, my signature last question uh, related to outreach temperature. And as a reminder to everybody, outreach temperature is really a, a measure of your awareness. It's a measure of how uh, how prepared you are to recognize those divine appointments when they come. And, and exactly to your point, Jan, you know, taking the time to be praying throughout the day, at the beginning of the day and throughout the day, God, show me what it is you would have me do in these circumstances. Show me who it is you would have me in, engage with. Uh, and so it's really a measurement of, of how tuned in are we to seeing those things go on. It's our outreach radar, so to speak. So on a scale of one to 10, 10 being high, one being low, what is your personal outreach temperature right now, Jan? I love this accountability and I hate it at the same time. <laughs> it's always that question is like, okay, what do I say here? But no, I, I would say I'm about an eight right now because um, it just, like I said, we're right in the middle of this, this virus. And so it's, I'm sitting at home, you know, I can't really get out there and do a lot with people. Um, but I've thought yesterday I called two or three of my non-believing friends and just checked in on them and said, Hey, how's it going? How can I pray for you right now? And are you doing okay? And, you know, do you need some groceries and just mm. have taking, making those opportunities actually. Um, because I feel like, like I said earlier that everyone is just really ripe right now to hear the gospel and to, to figure out answers to what's going on in our crazy world right now. So yeah, yeah that's where I'm at. It's a time of opportunity, to be sure. Definitely. Definitely. Well, Jan, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. I, I really appreciate it. I look forward to, uh, is there a third book in the works? Is there another collection coming out? Yes, actually, it's higher ground. So I'm keeping that ground in there. Um, I've begun to kind of develop my ministry. And so my ministry um, is called Grounds for Hope. And I try to, you know, just give people those little snippets. And I really believe in telling our stories and listening to our, you know, others' stories because it helps us to grow so much. But yeah, Higher Ground, my original intention was to try to have it ready this fall, but it it maybe get pushed back because, um, you know, I haven't been able to interview as many people as I normally do about this time. But we'll right. see. I'll keep you informed. So, fall 2020. So we'll we'll be watching for that. And uh, as soon as it comes out, we will link that one to our website as well. So all of our uh, regular subscribers can log on to that and, and link straight to it. I appreciate Thank that. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate all of your work. I appreciate your ministry. Love what you're doing. Um, and look forward to another conversation down the road. Awesome. Thank you so much, Walter. All right. And that's uh, the end of this episode of the Practitioner Podcast. If you have, uh, this is the first time you're listening to this, I encourage you to go on our website and you'll find the whole series of Practitioner Podcasts there, as well as our podcasts speaking with leaders in the world of evangelism. Until the next time, this is Walt Bennett, President of Organic Outreach International. Thank you and God bless. I hope that this conversation has been encouraging and inspiring to you. Whether we're leading a ministry, church, a denomination, or a family, we need to be engaging every day and reaching out to the lost in ways that are natural. And my prayer is that this podcast provides you with new perspectives, inspirational stories, and creative ways to overcome the challenges we face in this ongoing spiritual battle to reach the lost. If you're engaged in organic outreach in your denomination, church, or home, and you have experiences, stories, or testimonies that you feel would be helpful to others, 
please send us an email at info at organicoutreach.org. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, this is Walt Bennett reminding you to be on the lookout for divine appointments. And as the Apostle Peter encouraged us, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have.